This is The Motivation. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Jujitero's Coast to Coast, the podcast that talks about what's important on and off the mats. I'm Frank, I'm joined by the my man, my cousin Antonio Martinez, and we're both pumped for today's show. Cuz, please introduce our special guest today for everyone. All right, well, uh, I'm really excited. I have a good friend of mine, um, you know, somebody who I trained with for a little bit, um, but man, his level of where he's at was way too, way too much for for our little gym, man. And so he uh, he went on to bigger and better things, and and now he's out in in the Houston, Texas area. And uh, my boy, Mike, uh, Mike Capone, man, all things MMA, jiu-jitsu, kicking ass, taekwondo, everything. This guy is all around. He's ready to go. How you doing, Mike? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on here. I'm excited to do this. Nice, nice. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, Mike, why don't you uh, introduce yourself a little? Tell us, tell the tell the audience out there, everyone listening, where you started from, because now uh, they 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 missed a little bit of the conversation we were having before this hand before this. Uh, you just told us you're you relocated to Houston, but originally, where were you from? Yeah. So originally, I was out of Virginia. I trained under Joe Balzerman. Uh, honestly, we started hey. out at. Uh, we started out about two separate gyms. He started out at a one gym, uh, Winchester Jiu Jitsu, but that really wasn't a good fit. So he had to go his own route. And I mean, him being just such an amazing coach, so many people followed him, me included, started his own thing with Winchester Boxing uh, under uh, Mike Dolman. Mike Dolman welcomed Joe into his gym with open arms. And Joe and a few other people got Shark Pit Jiu-Jitsu started. And, whew, man, that that is definitely the foundation of my Jiu-Jitsu. And let me tell you, for everybody still in Shark Pit, that, that carried. A lot, of, a lot of people weren't ready for what I was bringing here directly from Shark Pit into the gym. That way Joe would teach just the concepts he would preach and really instill in you. It carries over the training style he would preach and whatnot would definitely help you make better training partners. It makes their training partners better as well. Like you, more people want to train with you and they get better as a consequence of training with you out of the way uh, Joe Balzerman would teach. But after I trained at Shark Pit for about a year, maybe two years out, and then I decided it was time to time to move. I needed to be in a gym where we had we had everything. Not that that gym didn't. We were just missing a solid MMA program, and I was too too early in my career in order to get that started myself. Though me and another fighter. Anthony Wilson, who's still fighting out of there, still kicking ass, is uh, we gave it a try to get going. Just really weren't having any luck getting anything going. So I had to do what was best for me and find where I was going to really blossom at. So I decided to move out to Houston. And now I'm training at uh, Main Street Boxing in Muay Thai. 
and they are affiliates with Henzo, Henzo Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. And let me tell you, that is some fun, fun Jiu-Jitsu. It's fun striking, all of it. It's just a blast. There's so much high level out here. There's so much wide range of skills, so much, so many different body types in Virginia. It's just not as popular. So you don't always, sometimes being a 125 pound fighter, I'd be training <laughs> with 185 pound fighters, 205ers and everywhere in between. Here, I, I have a lot more luxury to pick and choose who I want to train with. I don't, if you're over 170, 180, I'm probably not going to be training with you here. Just out of the luxury of having that option, I don't have to. I got little guys around, so I really get to run with that. I, I love it. Oh, man, that's what's up. So how did you end up in Houston? Man, so honestly – the I would say it was a blessing from the pandemic. I initially wanted to move out to Arizona and just the pandemic hit, everything locked down. Arizona wasn't open. I really was looking into what was open because I wanted to have a good quality of life too. You know, if I'm moving out somewhere, I want to make sure that that state is going to let me train, let me do what I'm moving there to do. I didn't want to just move in, move out to a different state where I don't know anybody and just be locked in my house. That's a terrible trade-off in my opinion. So it really became locked down to between Texas and Florida because at that time, those were the only states that were open. They were the only people doing it. And uh, I initially was going to go with Florida but after making some phone calls and stuff, the gym I wanted to train at, I had talked to them on the phone and they said, look, we're only allowing a certain criteria of pro to train here. If you want, you can train at an affiliate gym of ours and will you can cross train here and whatnot. And that just sounded like a terrible deal to me. I've been in situations where I was training with good gyms through affiliations and the good gyms don't really take care of you in my experience when it's that situation. They, they care about their in-house fighters, the people they see day to day. When you're not somebody they see day to day, they just look at you more so as a body. And I've been there before. That's not what I was looking for. I know I wanted to move out somewhere and develop a personal relationship with my coaches i wanted them to be invested in me as i'm invested into them and at the end of the day it went to houston i looked up some gyms i found main street boxing and muay thai they've got high high level boxers high high level muay thai fighters high level mma fighters i mean i, I all i remember is his name is rafael rafael just got a a knockout in the UFC a few like a month and a half ago he knocked out a high level dude in like the first two minutes of the fight just destroyed this dude and I mean I get to see this honestly he's a freaking nature see this freaking nature train every day go hard every day dominate throw people around twice his size he's a 155er and I'm seeing him throw around 205ers like it's nothing. This Brazilian is on another level. And, man, I 
me being the person I am, I don't like people to be better than me. If I see somebody <laughs> better than me, that's just fuel on the fire. I'm like, oh, that's so that's what I need to be doing. That's that's what I need to push myself to be better than because I'm going to be better than him. I just need to see that it's possible and seeing what he's doing allows me to know like, oh, you can ramp your body up to that those rpms you can make your body perform to that level okay now i know now i'm going to do it and that's just been what it's been since i got out here so much progression my game has developed in such a crazy way so excited to showcase it no man that's fantastic so it sounded like it totally worked out for you oh man better than i could have hoped yeah better, man that's super from, cool you know yeah from mike who he's you know, I, I remember I remember your your training re- regimen, man. It was it was no joke. So if you're saying that this guy is even you know above that and doing more, I mean, you were doing you know swimming, you were doing jujitsu, and then you would be ready from jujitsu to muay thai, you know, back into boxing, then right back into you know uh, no gi jujitsu, and then going back to the gym. And I mean, you were just constantly training, constantly working. So I can only imagine. If that was where you were at, and now you're saying that you're at a higher level, oh, wow, so much, man. So much higher because, I mean, yeah, I was doing all that, and that's awesome. That's fun. That that comes with its own set of benefits, don't get me wrong. But now it's one thing when you're doing it, just you, maybe one other person in the gym's keeping up with you. But now there's five to ten other people doing what I'm doing. So – I, I I see other people doing that, and then when there's a moment a weakness creeps into my mind, or I feel I've done enough, I see other people going, and I'm like, you know what, I got more in the tank, let's do more. And just having that right there in my face just keeps me driven. No, oh, that's what's up, man. That's awesome. So you're pushing each other every day in the gym, man. That's awesome. Every day. Oh yeah. I mean, we'll be there. There's a group of people I'm training with now. We'll finish hard an hour of hard mma work and then class is over coaches coaches leave where they're good and we all decide hey let's stay let's let's get an hour of mitt work in hey it sucks doing cage work let's get an hour of that and what what do you suck at let's spend an hour a day working at let's get great at it what's what do we see people struggling with in their fights let's put ourselves there let's make each other struggle even though we just did that hour of hard, intense work, we're dripping sweat. Let's do more. Our opponents aren't doing what we're doing, and that's where we're going to drown them at. No, that's fantastic, man. That's great. Hard work always pays off, man. You, you can never do enough rounds. You know what I mean? If you got the facilities exactly. to use, you got the bodies around you, why not take advantage of it, man? That's a great hard work ethic to, to display right there, Mike. Man, that sounds killer i mean i was reading one of your interviews earlier that you did i, I want to say this was before you left virginia and you were talking about like the sacrifices that you had to make you know like it it sounded like you said you 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 know stopped hanging out with some friends you stopped going out you stopped going out to eat you know you you decided that you were going to invest in yourself and not go on these vacations or not do these certain things that that a lot of people just do on the day-to-day because you're that dedicated to this craft. Why don't you talk talk to us about those sacrifices? Oh, man. Well, I mean, shit, I, I moved out to Houston. I don't know nobody here. I don't have any family out here. I didn't have any connections before I came out here. 
I left my family behind and I did all this because I knew this is what I wanted. I know this is what it's going to take to be great. You hear it from all types of all types of people with all different types of backgrounds who are great in their own fields. They all tell you it's going to be lonely at the top. So it's like if you're lonely and you don't have a bunch of people around you, that's not a sign to feel sorry for yourself. It's not a sign to pull back and surround yourself with friends and stuff. It's a sign that, hey, you're you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Like these, these type of lifestyle, it demands sacrifice. It demands dedication. Uh, like even now, uh, I mean, I uh, moved out here. I used to do a bunch of factory work and stuff. And I was finding out like, hey, I can't train like I want because I train six, seven days a week even still. And most of my trainings in the morning. So all the jobs I could find that were factory jobs were trying to have me do like 12 hour shifts and stuff where I wasn't able to sleep, get any sleep. I'd have to just work, train, go get like five, six hours of sleep and then do it all again. And I'm like, well, I can't do this. Like my brain is taking too much damage in training and not having enough time to recover and it's sleep. I don't have enough sleep. So I need to, I need to acclimate. I need to figure out what needs to change and change it. So I ended up switching jobs to where I'm just like a regular server now. And boy, that benefited so well. I ended up making more money. I'm working like, I went from working like 12 hour days. I work like six hour days now and I get to train as much as I want. My body's not beat up, but I mean, it, it's all a gamble. Like you don't know these, these, this roll of the dice. You just don't know if it's going to work out. You just know you got to make it and trust yourself to roll with whatever struggles life throws at you. Cause I mean, it's going to throw some curveballs at you. There's no way around that, but you just got to trust yourself, trust in your own instincts, trust your own IQ, trust all of it to be able to roll with life and i mean shit there's times where i want to break away i i want to stay up late watch tv i want to go get the new video a new video game that just came out i don't because i know if i stay up late i'm gonna be dragging ass in training i'm not gonna get the full effort if i go get that video game well that's time i'm gonna be spending playing the video game and not getting the work i need to get if i start talking to a girl or something and she she's going to want to hang out she's not only going to want to text well boom if i hang out that's going to be time i'm not i'm either a going to be getting to bed later so i'm gonna mess up my training in the morning or b we're going to go out go get food that's not going to be good food Heart, i mean i don't know if you know about texas's food but man texans <laughs> like to eat and when it say all of it's the most beneficial for a high performing athlete and so i just I, I keep to myself i try not to go out on the weekends i try not to be a hermit because i mean that that's not good for your mental health so every whenever there's a big fight on me and some friends from the gym we'll get together we'll go out and we'll we'll have a drink have have a little bit of food but that's like once maybe twice a month aside from those little little get togethers. It's all about the training. And I mean, that's a sacrifice I'm happy to make. Uh, I'm not interested in making this my glory time in my life. I know when I get old, 
I'm gonna have like good stories to tell and they're not they're gonna be built off of these sacrifices it's not gonna be the training that's gonna get sacrificed I'm gonna have the good stories from what the training presented what the training built up to not just like oh yeah so I went on this date with this one girl and we had a great time or oh yeah so I went out and did this amazing hike and it was all day. I didn't do anything but that. Like, nah, that's not what I'm after. I'm after the the greatness I'm gonna get from my sport. Nah, that's what's so, up, man. That's that's a powerful message right there, man. You see, you're you're just all in. You you sacrificed everything. You put one hundred percent trust in yourself, and you like you you sound confident as hell, man. You know you're gonna make it, and yes, and you're proving that with all that hard work. Going, I mean, you went from a little town. You know what I mean? I'm sure you were having a lot, lot of success at your gym over there, and you came over here, and you had such great coaching and the hard work ethic. You know, sound like you have a, a really strong foundation to set you up for great success over in Houston. And now you're adding all these other tools, all these other coaches, all these other training partners that are only going to give you more weapons, man. It sounds like you're just going to become a complete badass pretty soon. So yes, congratulations goal, to that, man. Thank you. Yeah, Thank man. You. Good for you, man. Yeah, it's definitely the yeah, goal. Yeah, dude, I mean, dude they, need, they need to make a movie. This is the stuff that they make movies about, Mike. I mean, we'll see. We'll see one day. You got to just keep working at it. It's all all about that goal. I'm enjoying the journey. Don't get me wrong. Hell yeah. But that goal, man, that goal is it's all I see. I got that. I, I got one thing on my mind 24-7. I got a tunnel vision for it. I, I don't know how else. How else to even think at this point? I'll leave training and I just play it back for the next however long till I'm back in the gym. And then everything I played back, I try to run it through, get better again. Yeah, that's what sounds. Hey, so, hey, Mike, so before we get into where you are going to go, not the future, where, you you know, you're going in MMA and you're you're kind of your road there. uh, I want to ask you, like, how did you get into it? How did you first start? How did you get into you know, mixed martial arts, combat sports, you know, how, where was your beginning at? What made you uh, decide to go this route? Um, well, uh, so I grew up in a household where it, fighting wasn't allowed. Like I wasn't allowed to be a violent kid whatsoever. I wasn't like me even being like a playfully aggressive kid was looked down upon. I was not allowed to be aggressive in any manner, I, but I had a lot of energy. So when I was real young, my mom this had been talking to some of her friends, and she's just like, this kid's got so much energy. I don't know what to do with him. Like, <laughs> I don't know. And my one of her friends suggested, well, get him into wrestling. And, I mean, that was the start of it. I started wrestling since I was six in a program called Willie Walters. And, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't a good wrestler when I started. I wasn't a good wrestler until I was like, a junior in high school, I just didn't, I was doing it because I was there, not because I liked it. It was hard. Wrestling's hard work. Tell you what. And when you're a kid and you don't understand why something's hard, it's not fun. Mm-hmm. But when I got, got up into high school, I started to do good. I started to dominate and I started to enjoy what I was doing and I started to pay attention started to actually learn how to tie moves together what moves 
like what the purpose of what I was doing was, what kind of body mechanics made my moves better. And I mean, honestly, even still, even through high school, I never really shined as a wrestler. Like if I wrestled myself in high school, if the wrestler now wrestled the wrestler then, I would destroy that wrestler then. Even if same weight, same strength, everything's the same, except who I am now versus who I was then, I would destroy that kid just because so much teaching, so many great instructors have really been able to explain things to me in ways that just make it click to the point now where like I'll do things. I'm, I'm a good jujitsu person. I'm a good grappler all around. I can go right from wrestling, like folk style wrestling with the rules and all right into jujitsu. I play whatever game is presented to me. And it's just that wrestling has really developed me into who I am completely. All right, all right. So when did, like, so after the whole wrestling, when did you get in, when did you start moving on into, like, MMA and jiu-jitsu and stuff like that? Well, uh, after wrestling, I went, after I graduated high school, I really wanted to go into the military. I wanted to be a SEAL. That was something I had wanted to be since, honestly, before I could even remember. Uh, that all stems from my parents, I'm honestly, thinking about sending me away to military school and just kind of keeping that, putting that in my brain. And it kind of was like, oh, that honestly wouldn't be a bad idea just because I had developed a good worth ethic from wrestling. And honestly, wrestling taught me to love grinding. I love grinding. If it, if it's a hard grind, I'm a happy guy. Like I, I, I embrace a struggle. And after I kind of got some wits about me before I graduated completely from high school. I thought to myself, hey, I've seen a lot of people who leave the military and don't know what to do with their lives. They don't know how to acclimate back into civilian life. So I thought to myself, hey, you know, it'd be a good idea. Let's not join the military when we're 18. Let's wait till we're 20. That way we have time to learn what the real world is outside of school, outside of the military. And boy, let me tell you, before I even got out of high school, I got a reckless driving ticket and it cost me. You can't have a reckless driving ticket and go into the SEAL program. They're super strict. So because of that, uh, that kind of threw all my hopes and dreams right out the window. And I really wasn't sure what I was going to do with my life. I got into partying really hard. I started going to uh, Baltimore. I started going to D.C. for uh, raves and concerts. And I ended up partying with this one kid who was a little smaller than me. And he told me he fought. And I had never even thought of doing that kind of stuff in my life just because, like I had said earlier, that wasn't something that was practical in my household. My family weren't people that watched fights. They didn't even get into boxing. They told me, that shit's fake. Wrestling's the only real thing. Like that's not not what you do. You're not allowed to do Dude, that. You're not allowed if to you, do that. If you try to fight people, they'll just bring guns. You're not allowed to do it. So I was just it was never something that I thought of. So when this kid, a little smaller than me, was telling me, oh, he had a similar background than me as me and he fights, it got me interested. And then he ended up telling me he had a fight 
in Winchester, where the city I was living at the time. And I was like, oh, that's super cool. I'll come watch and support. And I did. He ended up fighting Tyler Barciano, one of my training partners for a while out in Virginia. And Tyler wrecked his shit, just beat his ass. And <laughs> watching it, I was like, oh, my God, dude, this nothing here is happening that's super impressive. Like, I, I had been in a bunch of little street fights growing up. I mean, I was a small kid. I got bullied. I, I was bullies, not even the right word for it. I'm, I'm from a, t I'm from a small town where everybody gave everybody a hard time. Like there, there was no person that got picked on all the time. It per somebody picked on you, you picked on somebody else. You picked on the person picking on you, the person you picked on picks on somebody else. That person they picked on picked on them back. It was just, that's just how people communicated. It's you gave your friends a hard time. Your friends gave you a hard time. And it was just how it was. <laughs> You'd fight a kid. And then two hours later, y'all would be best friends. It just didn't. It was just something that happened in them small towns. And because I had had so many fights, my wrestling had always pulled me through. I was like, man, I could do this. I, I'm not scared to get hit. That's something that's just. I'm used to that. That's nothing. And Jeez, started, that's what separates you, Mike, from the rest of us, bro. <laughs> shit, nah. I mean, I swear it's nothing. It's it, it it's one of those things your brain makes you freak out thinking you're getting hurt, but in reality, like it's not gonna kill you. So you better like focus on what's the real problem. Is the real problem you get in touched once, or the real problem what's standing in front of you? And I mean. So I found out Tyler, the dude that beat up my friend, was training in Winchester. So I found his gym and started training with him. And then that's what got the whole ball rolling. Wow. That's where wow. I met Joe Balzerman. And, I mean, man, whew, I don't know if I'd have stuck with MMA without Joe. I mean, just he was a good coach. Yeah, great coach. Great guy, great guy all around. Yes, great sir. Guy all around. Great guy all around. For sure. Definitely. When I moved out to Houston, I used him as the bar for my coaches, for the people I was training around. As I was testing different gyms, I was looking for somebody that had similar characteristics to Joe. And that was what was going to determine where I was going to start training at. Oh, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Hey, uh, to not to get away from fighting, but... All interviews. I'm not sure if you're you're probably not familiar with our with our show since you're always training and kicking people's asses and whatnot. But we always <laughs> like to start off our interviews with a little lighthearted conversation, and we always ask everybody, growing up or even right now, you know what I mean. Maybe there's a movie that kind of sticks out, but is there a martial arts movie that kind of hits home to you? That you know, maybe it motivates you, maybe it pumps you up, maybe it just got you kind of down this combat fight road you know like uh me and cousin and when we were kids we freaking love watching any kung fu theater movie anything with karate anything with ninjas anything with fighting blood sport you know it was on uh is there any movie like that that kind of sticks out to your mind that you kind of that just resonates with you um hmm. okay so i would say definitely what made me want to be the person i am is fighting in all all of it being a good guy all of it i would really say stems from anime and comics i i definitely liked uh 
vision quest growing up because it was so similar to wrestling. You didn't have a lot of movies about wrestlers and vision quest was about a high school wrestler drop who was a dominant, who was a force himself dropping down weight to wrestle like a state champ who was dominant. Somebody he didn't have to go against somebody he wanted to go against for the challenge. If Mark, martial art movie it'd be that but i'd be lying to say like anime the characters from that characters from comic books and stuff aren't what drives me i like i i want to be i want to be a super a superhero like (laughs) i want to be able to be the person that like makes people safe i want to be able to always keep myself safe and make sure everything's equal for other people i don't like it when I see like one person benefiting from another person's struggle, like even if I'm the benefit, even if I'm the person that's benefiting, I'm going to be like, Oh, well I'll give up a little of what I got and give it to this person because that's equal. That that's what puts us on equal footing. And if they're doing everything I'm doing, it should be equal. It shouldn't be like we're doing the same stuff and I'm I'm getting all the reward. You're getting none of it because the way the system's set up, I don't like that kind of stuff. And I got that all kind of from anime, from comics, seeing how like you just, you train hard, you work hard, you be a good person and stuff, stuff goes your way. And I mean, my, my life's a testament to that. I work hard. I train hard. I don't really get, derailed by little things and i i know it sounds dorky and stuff but that really stems from like watching anime characters watching these anime series that are like that go go across the course of like 10 years and it's just like watching that character development and stuff watching them learn how to train hard to work to a new move and then train hard to work to another move and then tying it all together that stuff that really just kind of clicks with me. Ah, oh, that sounds cool, man. You know, that kind of sounds like a common theme that that reoccurs a lot in martial arts. You know what I mean? Where there's a certain nobility, there's a certain awe, there's a certain type of character that we look up to and admire. And all these facets of of martial arts, whether it be anime or a movie. Or in real life, you know what I mean? Like, think about Hicks and Gracie or or Bruce Lee or Chuck Norris. Like, everyone looks up to these people because not only can they kick ass, but they're a hero. You know what I mean? They stood up yeah. for people, you know? Yeah. You know, and, yeah, and, and, and regardless of what people say. Yeah, exactly. You know? And and that's something that's, I mean, if you read any comic, that's the whole theme. That's what a superhero is. They embody, exactly. they're a superhero 24 7 365 whether they're on the mat or whether they got that costume on or not you know exactly so uh welcome to the jujitero neighborhood brother that you 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 fit and what uh what a true jujitero what a true martial artist is you know what i mean you're always for the greater good for the greater cause you know so uh that dude i was getting chills just listening to you say that man yeah i mean i mean it's just i people ask are you a wrestler are you a striker dude i'm a martial artist i I love it all i want it all to progress and grow i just i I want it it all to be good i don't want to be in the gym where people are bullying their training partners that shit's not cool i want to make 
my I want to make the people around me better. And that in contrast, that'll make me better. Definitely, for sure. All right, because you want to get that next question? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right, Mike. So, uh, you know, with all that being said, what about like the first time you're actually in the cage? You know, I have history with you, like in jujitsu and stuff like that, and watching and training and, and getting prepared for fights and stuff. But what about the first time you're actually in the cage? Like, what was that feeling like? Oh, man. Honestly, I I remember it very well. I remember that whole fight. And that's honestly thanks to Joe Balzerman again because he had told me, he's like, look, man, I mean, that's all. it's going to happen quick. Everything's going to seem like a blur. It's going to happen very fast. You probably won't even remember it. And because he had told me that my brain being, me being the person I am, if I'm told something can't be done, I'm like, let's make it happen. And because he told me you're not going to remember it, it's all going to happen quick. My brain is like, okay, let's be as conscious as we can doing this. And so really when I was in there, I remember it all. And let me tell you, I was stupid confident. Like I, I just went in there thinking I can't be beat. I am Michael Capone and he does not get beat. I'm not going to get beat in front of my family. I'm not going to get beat in front of my teammates i'm gonna come out here and i'm gonna put in work and a lot of people don't know this my first fight my i own my main co- one of my main coaches didn't even show up he, like he he's got what? he's his own, yeah he uh he had some sort of um what's the word some sort of dispute with the promoter and whatnot so he just decided not to come he told us he was going to come, but oh. he just he, – he wanted to do his own thing, decided not to show. We ended up having uh, my girlfriend at the time, Kelsey Gilmore, step in, which was really cool of her. But, I mean, she's never cornered or anything. She was just mostly there for moral support. Really, it was all, all Joe, man. Joe was in there telling me what to do. And, I mean, you've, you've trained with Joe. You know he, he is a person that will make you feel – like the situation is under control. Mm-hmm. He he's not a type of guy that's gonna make you feel like you need to freak out or anything. He's gonna be nice and calm with you. And I mean, he just having him there, having my girlfriend at the time in my corner, I just felt like I could not be beat. And I mean, I went out there, got the got the finish from a rear naked choke, and I'm pretty sure it was two minutes flat. Dang! Quick work. Yeah, I mean, quick work of them. I was. It it was a good fight. It was a good night. Wow. Well, now that it's over, and that Joe prepped you, saying it was going to happen in a flash, and you weren't going to remember remember anything, and then you went ahead and were trying to soak up as much of it from that night as you could. What stands out the most? What do you remember the most from that one night? Well, the fight went, it went out there, started. I remember I kept it loose going into the cage, bell rang. We went out, we touched gloves, and I go for a one-two right out the gate because I don't realize I have no striking. I'm thinking, I'm a, I can fight. I know how to do this. I don't, I have no striking. It's terrible. So I missed my jab, missed my jab completely, and then I throw everything into my two. Everything into that cross. Totally missed that too. Dude, 
shoots oh. directly under, blast doubles me over, which is good because he just dove into my realm. This is a jiu-jitsu guy. Oh. He just dove into my, my realm. I wrestled my whole life. Um, there was a slight panic, and then right when my back hit the mat, I'm like, oh, I've been here before. This is nothing new. And uh, I kind of wrapped around his ankle in a, just to kind of like keep grip on him so I could maneuver myself on the ground. And I'm throwing an up kick or two at him, and he's punching down at me. And I ended up punching up at him once, and I connected. And I think that kind of made him mad because he started connecting a little more to me. And my brain goes, hey, we can't be here. Like, you're fighting him and gravity at this point because he's standing above you throwing heat down. I'm only punching up. It's Mechanics-wise, that's a terrible idea. Mm -hmm. Mechanics-wise, I'm not doing that. So I decided, I was like, oh, I I need to get up. I'll, I'll take a hit. I'll take two hits. I don't care. I need to get up. And I ended up getting up and I turned it into a takedown. I got up, wrapped around his legs because I was trying to keep as close to him as I can because he's not going to let me get space to get up without getting hit. So if I can't, I'm not going to be in that middle ground where he can blast me. Joe Balsman teaches, hey, you either be really close or you be really far. You don't play around in that middle ground. So I was really close, wrapped up. I ended up standing up with him with a double leg, and I picked him up, like, all the way up on my shoulder. He, man, boy, was high. And I slammed him right down to the ground, and then we started going again. Start Had a little flurries. I felt he had a little something, so I let him up off the ground. I didn't want to play around there. And then I hit him with a push kick, knocked him right back down, and then swept in for a double, took his back, took him down i remember he i was behind him on the rear naked choke and i'm thinking all right yeah you're stuck and the ref goes are you good and the dude thumbed up to the ref and man that made me so mad I was like, <laughs> oh so like this is you're not taking this serious you think you're just okay with me on your back under your chin choking the shit out of you oh okay so i'll start hitting you then too like you're gonna know you're in a serious you're going to know you're compromised right now and I'm going to make yeah. you know it. And then right as I let go of my rear naked choke grip, I kept the arm under the chin because I mean, you're a grappler, you know, you got something under the chin. You're not going to let it go. I just cupped his shoulder to keep my arm in place. And with my left arm, I just started whopping him in the face and like right before the first punch hit him in the face, he started tapping out and I landed like, three more after that and i remember the ref being really mad at me being like dude why were you hitting him after he tapped out and i looked at the ref and i'm like look man i'm sorry all i remember was seeing him do a thumbs up i didn't feel this guy tap out like in my mind why would you go from thumbs up to tap out immediately yeah i mean and that's your job your your job is to to stop it and let us know exactly you know exactly i mean i didn't know i was i I saw him i saw him thumbs up in my mind He's a happy guy, and I got to change that. <laughs> and, I mean, I ended up doing putting in the work. I remember Joe coming in, my girl Kelsey coming in. It was such a happy moment. Whew, it was a, a high that just got me hooked. Wow, man. That's awesome. That is so awesome. I oh, mean, yeah. other than, like, you know, the, the little, you know, things that you, you learn in your, in your first cage fight, 
I mean, what other, have you had any other hurdles along the way? Yeah, um, really, I would say my main hurdle was finding a good coach after that. Cause I mean, after, after that fight happened, the gym we were at currently had done some coaching, coach shifting around. Joe wasn't the MMA coach anymore. They brought in, they affiliated themselves with a different gym that was like an hour away. They, that gym brought in their own coach. And I, I, I don't know. I, there were times I thought me and that coach were vibing. And then there were other times where the coach wasn't liking me at all. And mm-hmm. there were like, there were just a lot of weird things that I wasn't understanding. And I later learned like the fight game got politics mm-hmm. and I, that's never been something that has been my strong suit. I've always been the type of person, like you either like me or you don't. If you don't like me in the MMA game, you're going to, because you're going to see my skill eventually. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those, like, that this new coach didn't like me. He uh, he would be playing, honestly, he'd be playing mind games. He'd tell me like, oh, the head coach at our other gym, at the gym we're affiliates with, yeah, you don't want to trust him because he has set people up with bad fights before because they started to become too big. They Their name became bigger than the gym's name. So he had to get them chopped down. And like he would just plant those seeds in my mind, like oh, wow. don't trust him, don't trust this. He'd be telling me that this coach was trying to get me and my girl broken up because he didn't like people dating that were at the gym. He'd set me up with fights that were just bad fights, like oh, wow. just really bad fights. Wouldn't tell me anything about my opponent, would have me jump weights around and just – it it was weird and I was a fighter so I'm like hey I don't I don't understand what's going on but you've been in this game longer than me I'm gonna trust you and that trust just got me got the shit beat out of me a couple of times let me tell you media <laughs> uh, as hell Mike I'm sorry about that man I mean it, it's all part of the game you learn you live and you learn I mean it just is what it is Honestly, right on that that's a great outlook man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, now I know like they were they were the type of coaches that were like, "Hey, don't cr- you're not allowed to cross train because it makes me look bad. If you're going to other gyms to learn something, it makes me look like I don't know that something. So you got to go somewhere else to learn it." And that kind of stuff has really locked into me. Like, oh, if you're a coach that doesn't like me cross training, I don't trust you. If you mm. don't understand that you don't know everything. I don't trust you because nobody in this game knows everything. One thing Joe Balzerman will tell you, the more he learns about jujitsu, the less he know he realizes he knows about jujitsu. Yeah, I remember, yeah, I know that. And if you can't be a coach with that kind of mindset, I, I've learned from my past experience, tells me I don't want to trust you. I, I, I don't, you got too much ego in the game. And the fighters are supposed to have the ego. The coach is supposed to be the level-headed one. And I got enough ego for me and my coach. I can't have he, – he got too much. We're going to be in some bad fights, and that's exactly what happened. I got put in bad fights. Bad, and 
didn't wasn't always able to walk away with the dub. I'm a tough tough kid, so I definitely was able to sometimes. I was able to win some short notice fights, but because I wasn't able to win them all, it definitely hurt my career. Like even now, I'm trying to dig myself out of a hole. I'm three and five, and I'm digging myself out of a hole. I got I wanted to go pro this year. I gotta get on the ball, get three more amateur fights in before I can even go pro. Just I gotta get on, get a winning streak going because of that, and that's gonna happen. That's gonna happen. Like I'm I'm training with pro 125ers now and i'm doing good work with them one of the dudes i get to train with is uh j boy jonathan davis he's a pro he's got like he's had like 60 amateur fights whether it be mma muay thai all that and i mean me and him go me and him go at it and i do well with him and if i can do well with this pro who's right on the verge of getting into the ufc i'm 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 fine i have no sweat whatsoever about these AMI 125ers in my area. I'm going to blast through it. It's just because of me not knowing the game, me not knowing the politics, me trusting too many people who haven't earned the trust, people coming in just being like, hey, your gym brought me in as a coach. It's your, You're the fighter, your job to trust me. And it's where I should have been like, nah, man, I mean, we're both men show me why I should trust you, not just I should trust you. And that's just a lesson learned. Oh, man, yeah. Well, well. speaking of getting on the right track, you got a fight coming up, Mike. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that fight? What's the organization named? Uh, what weight class are you going to be fighting under? And how can we watch? So this is going to be a, on a, the Fury card. Very exciting for that. Fury is a big fight promotion, not just in Texas, really all around. And I'm going to be fighting on there. My opponent's still a little green. I think it's going to be a tough fight. There's no way around it. No fight's easy anymore, especially not out in Texas. But I definitely think I'm, I should be the winner. The kid's only one and one. The kid's like 20, 19, 20. He's been training about, I want to say, two, three years now. I've got a solid six years. He's a white belt. I'm a purple belt. This kid, this kid shouldn't have chose the fight. He should have. His coaches <laughs> should have been like, "Nah, we'll do the next one." They looked at my record and were they obviously only looked at the numbers because if you look at my record, it's three and five. But look at the people I've lost to. I've lost uh, people with like eight and one records. I've lost to people with like nine and seven records. Like I lose to people who are dogs, and I've beaten people who are dogs. My last win was against a. Uh, Dude from American Top Team who was nine and one, and I beat him by unanimous Damn. decision. I only lost to the number one ranked guy in all of Virginia by a split decision, one that was very controversial. But it is what it is. Guy, guy beat the champ to take the belt. I didn't. I did enough to win a regular fight, not enough to win a belt. So it is what it is. But. This kid, this kid's coaches should have looked into it a little bit more because he, whew, he, he signed up for a bad day. Like <laughs> I, ain't got, I ain't got no problems against this kid, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurt him. Like I'm gonna hurt him. He's not making it out of the first round, and luckily this card's gonna be an all Ami card. So I'm want to say pretty sure it's gonna have free streaming on YouTube, and 
once I get hey, all, all right. that, yeah, once I get all of that, I'm gonna make some posts on my social medias on Instagram at Michael Capone's MMA or just on Facebook at Michael Capone. I'm gonna post some links, get it all out there, make sure all my family in Virginia get to see it because it. I'm gonna showcase some things. I'm excited. I'm gonna put this kid out in a memorable way. I was just about to ask, man. Like, you know, what's your what's your strategy for for this coming up fight? I mean, you know, I'm. And, without you know, giving too much information. Really. Yeah, I mean, shit. In it, he he can know what I'm gonna do to the T. He ain't gonna stop it. There's just no way. Um, people, everybody in my gym knows what I'm what I like to do, and they don't they can't stop it. So this dude ain't gonna be nothing different. Uh, I tell him right before the fight if he wants to know, like, hey, bro, this is how it's gonna go. I'm gonna strike with you the first minute and a half, and then I'm and then after that minute and a half, I'm gonna take you down. Or I'm gonna sub you because my coaches want to know. If I'm who I th- who I say I am, and you're just the unfortunate motherfucker who gets to be the proof, because I t- <laughs> I said something, and people need to know if I say it, that's what's gonna happen. That's what's gonna happen. Wow. So this he gonna get subbed if he doesn't if he can make it through that first minute and a half of me striking, which he should. He should. I'm not the most phenomenal striker in the world. I've been working hard at it. Don't want to take away from my skills, but from what I understand, this kid's. A striker, he's a little taller than me, so he'll have a little range. He should be able to survive that first minute and a half where I'm just getting comfortable with my hands. But after that, good luck. Good luck stopping that takedown. <laughs> good luck stopping me from splitting you in half. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down. <laughs> I'm not going for a choke. I'm going to snap a joint. Yeah, man. We'll definitely let us know, man. Yeah, definitely. We want to share that with all the listeners out there so that way we can all support. We all want to support, man. But most importantly, we want to watch that because we know Mikey Musumeci ain't going to snap anything with Gio. So you're going to have <laughs> to satisfy our insatiable desire to hear Bone snap. So please, Mike, make it happen. You don't get it. I'm not going to play around. If I get yeah. something, I'm ripping that shit. <laughs> that, we better That's have a I'm quick, about. quick ref. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hopefully it ain't Herb Dean or any of those other guys. They sometimes they lag a little. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, it ain't gonna hurt me if he's fast or slow, but for my opponent's sake, that that ref better be right there ready to stop me because I'm not stopping until the ref touches me. This dude can tap on my leg, he can tap on my chest, tap on my arm all he wants. Until that ref touches me, this shit ain't stopping. There you go. There you go. There you go. All right, Mike. Well, you just talked about what your goals are or the how you envision that fight going, what's going to go down. What about goals for this sport? Where, If you're writing your story right now, how does this story end? What's the end game? Where, What organization would you like to see yourself at? And is there anybody out in the fight game that you would love to fight? Honestly, I just want game opponents. I want game opponents come fight me. I want that. I want to, the big, the better the name, the better the prestige that's going to be draped onto me when I destroy them. My pr- the promotion I want to go to, obviously, the UFC, it may not pay, it might not be the best payday in that route, but you're going to get the most recognition. You're going to get the higher level opponents. 
and that's what I want. I want to be known as a great, one of the greats, and I'm going to be known as one of the greats. I'm going to go in there in the next, I, I see myself in the UFC in the next three years. I see myself holding one belt in the next five years. I see myself holding that 135 belt in the next seven years. I'm going to get, I'm after the both. People aren't great with just one belt anymore. Everybody's got one belt. That that two belts is what makes it happen. <laughs> there you go, man. So you got you got current, you got like the short term goal, a medium term goal, and then long term goals. That's what's up, man. Yes, you're con- sounds like you're just constantly thinking about this sport, and it's just consuming you, man. And oh, and I, and I mean this in a good way. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's as healthy. Sounds like you're still hanging out with your friends. You still you got a good head on your shoulders. You know what you want to do. You're looking out for for not only for you, yourself, but you're looking out for your training partners as well. So that yeah. that speaks a lot about your character, Mike. Yeah, I mean, honestly, what it all boils down to is I'm an addict. I'm an addict. <laughs> I, I I'm an addict that almost had his addiction go into the drug route when he was young and then it got turned on to this martial arts and I just became an addict. I don't have, if I want something, I go after it. And that addict mentality has really pushed me above and beyond to seek out that greatness. Cool. Cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Getting into the UFC, man. That's like the motherland. You know what I mean? That's where the best of the best are. So if you want to test yourself against the best, obviously that's where you want to end up. So no, oh, man, you ain't, you ain't Vision Quest, man. Yeah, heck yeah. Just like that guy in Vision Quest. And uh, I want to say, I remember one of our, our previous guests also mentioned Vision Quest as one of their favorite martial arts movies. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. an awesome, motivating movie that just gets you super pumped up. And just like that guy, you know what I mean? He took on a challenge that he didn't need to, and that's what you're talking about right now. So, exactly. good to you, man. I mean, we could all do those day-to-day. And I, I could do that nine-to-five. I could be at home with my family. I could be with a, in a deep relationship. I could be surrounded by whatever I choose to be surrounded by. I don't have to struggle, but I want to. I want to because I know what it brings at the end of the day, and that is what I'm after. I don't want that temporary satisfaction. I don't want to be old. Too, I don't want to be in my 80s and my 90s being like, man, this if I would have just done this, I could have been that. Believe you me, I could have done it. Now I'm going to prove it. Yeah. Hell yeah, get it, bro. So, I mean, uh, with with all that we've talked about, you know, Mike, what advice would you give for, you know, our listeners out there that are, are looking to do the same thing? They're in the same boat. Maybe when you you started off or maybe they're at where you're at right now. You know, like what advice would you do you got out there for our listeners? Man, I would say hard work. Hard hard, hard work. Don't, when, when you get hurt, show up to training. When you are sore, show up to training. When you know it's going to, if you know what you want to do now is going to make your, make it harder to fulfill your requirements to reach your goal tomorrow, don't do it. It's that simple. If I know Having a going out and getting drunk tonight, trying to get pussy, is gonna make going to training in the morning tomorrow harder. I'm not gonna do it because getting pussy is not my ultimate goal. Getting that belt is training hard is getting to be a more complete martial artist is my goal, and 
staying up late, adding poison to my body. That's not how I'm going to do it. And you can tell yourself, oh, it's just once in a blue moon. Oh, I, I don't do it all the time. I'm, I'm entitled to do, I'm entitled to my breaks. I'm entitled to enjoy my life. I'm entitled to this. You are entitled. You right. You right. But nothing comes free. Nothing, nothing doesn't come with a price tag. And you, if you want what I want, the price tag is getting to enjoy certain things now. Like my price tag is going out, getting with girls, having a bunch of money in my bank account, having these things like, nah, I, if I got extra money, boom. Like I just got off the phone today with a nutritionist that I'm about to have to be, I'm about to start paying in order to make my weight cut easier. And so I perform better. I had a little extra spare money I'm starting to save. And I know as a responsible adult, I should be putting that money away. That'd be the smart move, but I'm not, I'm gambling on my success in what I'm doing. And by gambling that I'm also doing the smart thing to provide that gamble with the best chance of success. And that comes with not always doing what seems like the smart move in the moment. I'm going to do what I know is going to play out in the long game. You got to focus on that long game with even the small decisions that you make. That long game is what's going to bring you home, going to bring your goals into fruition. You, things you want now, you can want after you reach your goal. You can get things you want now after you reach your goal. If you get the things you want now, you don't have the discipline to wait if you get the things you want now, well, that might come at the cost of your goal. And you need to realize that. You need to realize that that short-term satisfaction will has the very, very real possibility of costing you long-term happiness. Holy shit, Mike. Are you talking to Conor McGregor right now? It sounds like you're totally <laughs> calling out Conor right now. <laughs> shit. Ah, man. He, I, I'm not an old man, but he'd still sleep me. <laughs> yeah oh no he's a monster man he's a monster yeah I, I just heard him calling he said i heard him say that his next he's eyeing his next match and he thinks it should be against kamaru usman i so saw that you talking yeah, about unwanted challenge like unneeded challenges like that dude is like man i'm tired of 155 i need a real challenge even my dog's upset he's like connor yeah. you're a monster right right <laughs> I, I'm going to tune in and I'm going to watch, but man, you better be working hard for that challenge because he's so. also thinking the way I think. And I'm, he, he, yeah, he's whoever's made, putting he's in the work. Sacrifices. For sure, for sure, man. And just like you said, you know what I mean? It always comes down to who's putting in the more, who's putting in the most work. And just because you're putting in, you got to be putting in the right amount of work too. You exactly. Know what I mean? You got to be doing it yeah. the right way. That's right. That's right. Well, Mike, mm -hmm. that was our last question, man. I don't have any other questions unless Cuz has any questions. Um, is there anyone you'd like to mention or thank before we wrap this bad boy up? Oh, man, I'd like to thank Main Street Boxing and Muay Thai. I'd like to thank Bob Perez, my striking coach. I'd like to thank Joe Murphy, my jiu-jitsu coach. Man, whoo, tell you what, I, I've really – I don't know what it is about jujitsu coaches. I grow a special attachment to them and 
Uh, maybe it's just the name Joe. I don't know. But Joe Murphy, man, he, he is one hell of a coach. And he he likes my style I bring to the table. And he's starting to acclimate moves to improve my game. And it really it hits home. He doesn't come out and say it in practice. But I'm, he'll show a move. And I'm like, damn, that fits. That's like super similar to what I do and whatnot. And I'll pull him aside. And he's like, yeah, well, we're doing it to either A, stop you from getting it to on all your training partners, or B, help you get this that you almost get. Now you'll be able to complete it. And I mean, just that wow. kind of thought process he does helps make everybody in the gym better, helps make me better. Love it. I definitely want to thank them. I want to wish my friend J-Boy, uh, Jonathan D Davis, who is about to be fighting, I want to say uh, next Sunday, on the Fury Pro card, good luck. He, I'm pretty sure if he wins this fight, he should be getting a phone call from UFC here soon. So very oh. excited. Very excited. I'm excited for all of them. I wish all of them the best. And, man, they have definitely helped. And there's so many other people, so many other people I train with around here that are just great. Houston, man, shout out to all of Houston. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. And for, for all our listeners out there, you know, I know, you know, Mike, I, I've known you for a while. I know that this uh, this episode was a lot about, you know, you know, your history, what you do, kind of like your thought process and everything. But one thing that's, that I, I want to make sure that our listeners know is that, you know, Mike Capone is that guy. When you get to the gym, Mike Capone is that guy who is is so humble. Yeah, he's confident in what he's doing, but he's humble at the same time. He welcomes everybody, works with everybody. I mean, he's that friendly face. And when you go to the gym, you want to be working. He's going to put you to work. He's going to make you sweat. You know, he's going to, you know, put it to you. But, you know, I, he just has a personality about him. So I don't want to get, I don't want that to get lost in, you know, you know, all the things uh, Mike Components, you know, talked about today. You know, Mike, great guy. You know, I appreciate you coming on and taking some time out of your training day to, you know, you know, talk with us and our, our listeners talk to you, man. So I really appreciate it, dude. I appreciate um, y'all having to see me. You fight again. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I really appreciate you all getting to talk with you all. I mean, shit, missed, miss you, man. Definitely can't wait till we get to train again together. That's fun stuff. I got a lot, to, a lot I'd love to show you. Looking forward to it, brother. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we're definitely gonna have to plan a trip out there. Oh yes, yes, yes. Please do. Houston, we're on our way. Good luck, Mike. We look forward to watching your match and watching you break limbs. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Can't wait. April 10th, right? April yes, 10th? sir. April 10th. It's going to be on a Sunday. I'll be the second fight on the card. All right. All right. And you just let us know when you're going to be on. Give us that information, man. Yes, sir. And, uh, we'll, definitely, we'll definitely be there. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, go on with our outro here. So I just want to go ahead and thank all our jujitsu out there. Uh, this is our show wrapping up today. I want to give a big thank you to Mike again, you know, for joining us today, giving us a, a little insight into the fight game, you know, his background and everything, you know, that's all about where he's going and what he's doing. So good luck, uh, April 10th. We, we look forward to hearing from you um, soon and, and take care, man. Until next time, Juju Thanos, keep rolling, keep training, and we're here to see you soon. Peace. This is the motivation. <laughs>